Uh, God is definitely answering prayer. And, uh, you know, we as human beings, we, we're a little hard-headed, stubborn. Amen? We like the patience that we should have. Hallelujah. God, He moves in His time frame, not ours. And a lot of times we want Him to move just like that when we say. But guess what? God's no puppet on a string. Amen. He's not a genie in a bottle. Some of these guys on TV make you think God's a genie in the bottle. All you got to do is just, all God has existed for is just to do things for us. God answers prayer and God moves, but He does it in His time. And He doesn't always heal instantaneous. Sometimes He does things for a reason, just to, so we can learn some things. And um, Brother uh, uh, Stanley's got a uh, got a great uh, uh, testimony that I think it would do good for everybody to hear uh, how what God has done and about his recent trip to the doctor. And brother, I want you to stand right now and, and tell everybody what you uh, told us before service. Come on.
Somebody ought to be praising God. Think about that. Think about it. If that was you or your child or your husband or your wife, you go to the doctor to get another CAT scan, and when the doctor feels of it, the doctor says, I don't need to do a CAT scan because I can tell it's leaving. Yeah, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. God is still God. God is still God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ain't had no treatments in six months, but it's still shrinking. God is still God. Hallelujah. Can't tell me this thing don't work. Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can be seated if you can. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Uh, Brother Conker, would you come up here, please, sir? Would you come on up here? We got one uh, other announcement that's kind of uh, bittersweet, but I, uh, being a pastor, just come on up here. I, uh, I understand, and he uh, he came to my house yesterday uh, to talk with me, and uh, the Lord has been uh, working uh, with him concerning the situation and open up a door for him. And uh, I was going to tell everybody uh, about this, but uh, uh, since um, you know, this involves him and, and his family, and uh, it won't be too much longer, he, he won't be with us. Uh, but I want him to, uh, to just to let everybody know and uh, uh, how uh, the doors of God's open and he can make the announcements and everything of, of what's going to be happening. Uh, and I just, uh, brother, I want you to do that right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, God does answer prayers. It uh, took about a year, but uh, He answers at His own time. Sometimes we get disgusted and don't want to keep praying, but there's something inside of you that tells you to keep praying. Now, I've been, as I told uh, Brother Pruitt yesterday, uh, it's hard to, at one time to be a pastor and sit under somebody else. Once God's called you for that calling, it's there. And uh, I've been praying, and I give out, I didn't tell, I, I, I don't know if I told Brother Sammy this or not, but I give the Lord three options. I don't hold him to one thing. I said, Lord, let me start a church with nobody. That's fine. Let me have a church if somebody's going to retire. That's fine. Or let me make enough money to get out of here and go where you want me to go. So I took to the church in Ashland City, talked to this man a couple times, and uh, I'd give up on it really because he just acted like uh, he wasn't interested in doing anything. And uh, I, as I said it before, you know, when you work for yourself, you got to have some faith because there ain't no paycheck there sometimes on Friday. And uh, it's not like punching a clock and uh, somebody owes you for 40 hours. But anyway, this man called me. I believe it was either Monday or Tuesday. I believe it was Tuesday. He said, are you still are you still looking for a place? I said, yeah. Did you find one? I said, no. Are you interested in this place? I said, yeah. He said, well, I'm cutting grass. Come on over. I want to talk to you. And uh, so I know how the devil works, too. I've been in this long enough uh, that I know how the devil works. Sometimes the devil will lift you up so high so he can knock the props out from under you. And I said, well, I'm not going until I get an answer from you, Lord. I was sitting on the back porch there, and I, I started praying. And this is the way I prayed. Some people may not pray this way, but I said, Lord, if it's your will for me to have that place, then I want you to talk to me right now. Speak through me right now. And the Holy Ghost started speaking, and I started speaking in tongues. And that just satisfied me, and I went over there. And the man, the man had been renting this church. Uh, it's a church. It's not a storefront. It's a church uh, for $600 a month. And uh, he said, uh, how about $250 a month? I said, how about 200 and he said, all right, you got it. 
So we're, we're supposed to sign the lease. Uh, he was supposed to have it ready last night, but he hadn't yet. But uh, I had told Brother Sammy yesterday, it's in Ashland City. It's not going to affect nobody here. And uh, But, you know, another thing, too, there's bars on each corner, and it don't affect them. They sell beer here, there, that, and they all get drunk. So what's the difference of having a Pentecostal apostolic church on every corner we can put one on? But I'm there to win souls. I'm not satisfied sitting and not doing nothing. And I prayed and prayed and prayed. I just about prayed out. I want to be honest. I just about prayed out on it. And God spoke, and, and uh, uh, my wife was just a little leery because we don't have no people, just me and her. And uh, when you start a church, just you and your wife, I'd done that years ago when I was in my 30s, but I'm in my 60s now, a little bit different. And uh, I was telling Brother and Sister George, I think it was yesterday or today maybe, uh, I preached to my wife and my four children in that church for three months. I know they got tired of hearing me, but that I preached to them for three months. And one Saturday, I walked from the back room out, and there was 10 to 12 people in there. So if God's in something, God's going to bless it. Our first meeting will be June the 3rd at 10.30 or at 10 o'clock a.m. Sunday morning. We're going to have church on Sunday morning at 10, Sunday evening at 6, Saturday evening at 7, and uh, Wednesday Bible study at seven. I've uh, I, be- I believe if uh, they can get drunk on Saturday night, we can worship God on Saturday night. So y'all welcome. I'm not looking for anybody to leave this church and come to our church, but we named our church the Pentecostal Church of Fire, and uh, it's going to be fire there. You can well believe that, because I believe that God is fire. The Bible says it's shut up in our bones. And just like the testimonies that the brother just gave about uh, God healed him of cancer. And God is on the move today if we get on the move with him. He wants to heal people. He wants to save people. He has given us power to cast out devils, and we've got that power to cast out devils. Hallelujah. I believe in speaking in tongues, but there's more in this besides tongues. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick. They shall cast out devils. And if you want to see them cast it out, come on up. We'll show you. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. We've learned to love this man and his family, and we appreciate uh, their fellowship and the time that they have been with us. But... um, um, God has opened up a door for him uh, in that uh, in that area, and uh, we're going to be behind him with our prayers in every way we can. Amen. Uh, because the days are short and evil, so uh, uh, let's just be much in prayer um, as they start this work. Uh, already, he's already got a radio broadcast out of Ashland City, and uh, uh, every Sunday morning at uh, eight thirty, and. Uh, and then the same broadcast is repeated on WNAH on a Saturday up here. So uh, if you haven't been tuning in, we tune in there uh, 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 on Sunday mornings and um, uh, uh, do so and uh, be blessed with the Word of God. One other um, announcement that I uh, uh, liked to have forgotten 
uh, Brother uh, Paul came to me before service, and he's asked to meet um, uh, with us board members briefly after service with us some information that he's got. Uh, this is not something that would have, that would have been set up ahead of time or what have you, but he just asked to uh, to meet with the board briefly after service. So um, uh, we will be doing that after service. If you love the Lord, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. I covet your prayers. Um, I've been having a lot of, um, which most of you well know, I've been having a whole lot of uh, uh, health issues the last just the last few weeks. Uh, and um, uh, mainly with blood pressure, which uh, is better than it was, uh, but uh, still not under control, uh, still not uh, where uh, the middle of this month when I go take my DOT physical, I, there's no way that they would reissue my uh, DOT uh, medical card until it drops uh, uh, at least another 10 points. Uh, and... Um, uh, been battling. I was feeling fine this morning but when I w- walked in here in the foyer. Um, so, you know, just something came o- over me, and I got a headache hit, and I uh, was kind of confused. And uh, so I sat down on the bench out there, and uh, 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 Sister Darlene came and said, "You all right? There's something wrong with you." He said, "You're actually white in the face to the red face." I said, well, if I ain't red-faced, maybe it's not my blood pressure. I don't know. But um, uh, Brother uh, uh, Brother Stanley uh, prayed for me before service when he came in. And feeling better uh, than I was, but uh, 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 just uh, uh, still not feeling right in my body. So um, covet your prayers. Uh, we started a, um, a series uh, um, two or three weeks back on the subject, uh, talking about living the faithful life. Uh, And uh, we've been using one scripture to go off uh, as a beginning point, and that scripture is Matthew 25 and 21, uh, where Jesus says, His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Amen. Uh, That's what I'm working for. I need to be able to hear those words one day. Nothing else matters if I can't hear those words. Hallelujah. The first message I preached in this series was the painful price of neglect. Then the last message that I preach, somebody tell me what that was, remember that? Anybody remember? About going beyond the call. This one um, uh, will probably be the last one in this series unless the Lord speaks to me of something else, but uh, we're going to get started, and uh, hopefully I'll get through it all today. I don't know. The, the Lord really got a hold of me as I was working on this early this morning, and uh, we'll just see uh, how far we, we, we get. 
We're going to use an, uh, another very well familiar passage of Scripture found in Second Timothy, and that's what we're going to use as our Scripture reference today. Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. Apostle Paul, doing the talking, he had another man writing as he was talking on this. Paul says, For I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not only, not to me only, but to all them also who love his appearing. Uh, Brother Bobby, would you ask the blessing on the reading of the word today? begin this message today, I want to share a couple of epitaphs. They wrote their own epitaphs of two well-known historical figures. The first one was George Washington. This is his epitaph. Looking into the portals of eternity teaches that the brotherhood of man is inspired by God's Word. Then all prejudice of race vanishes away. If you'll stop and think a moment, this man who was the commanding general of the Revolutionary Army that led this nation to victory and gave us our independence. And then being the first president of this nation, 
known as the father of our country. You would think that this man's epitaph would encompass a whole lot of the different things with all the things that he accomplished in his life. But what he achieved as a commanding officer, what he achieved as president, come down to his dying words, looking into the portals of eternity, teaches that the brotherhood of man is inspired by God's Word. Then all prejudice of race vanishes away, George Washington. I have heard people belittle the man because of, well, he was part of what was in our country that this man even owned slaves on his plantation and so he shouldn't be honored. But let me tell you something. It's not what we was, but what God brings us to. You see, George Washington realized, even though he was on one end of the spectrum at one time in his life, he, he took part in something that virtually everybody was doing. But as he grew and he got older and he got wiser, and Brother Bobby talked about wisdom today, he realized something. He said, when you look into the portals of eternity, you are taught about the brotherhood of man, that we are all brothers and sisters. And, and, and this thing, he said, is inspired by God's Word. God's Word lets us know that we are brothers and sisters. He says that once you see that, once you understand that, then all prejudice of race will vanish away. Oh, I wish everybody could come to that conclusion. Oh, God. And then another one. I want to read the epitaph of Benjamin Franklin, a man with a whole lot of knowledge. I'm thankful for these right here. Hallelujah. You know, he's the one to develop this concept. Hallelujah. He was a great inventor. He, he, there, there, we, we are blessed with a lot of modern things today would not be possible if it wasn't for him. There, 
this this thing right here wouldn't be possible. Steve Jobs wouldn't ha- uh, wouldn't wouldn't have the iPad if it wasn't for some of the things that Benjamin Franklin invented. This is the epitaph. The body of Benjamin Franklin, a printer, like the cover of an old book, its contents worn out. I feel that way sometimes. What about you? He says, the body of Benjamin Franklin, printer, like the cover of an old book, its contents worn out and stripped of its lettering and gilding, lays here. Now remember now, this was the epitaph he wrote that went upon his grave. Food for worms. It was pretty plain spoken. Yet the work itself shall not be lost. For it will, as he believed, appear once more in a new and more beautiful edition, corrected and amended by its author. All these libertarians today who want to take religion out of American government, who say that our forefathers, amen, were deists and they didn't believe in God, they don't know what they're talking about. Because when he knew he was fixing to breathe his last, pen these words, this is the body of Benjamin Franklin, a printer like to cover an old book, its contents worn out and stripped of its lettering and gilding. It's laying here now, just food for worms. Yet the work itself shall not be lost, for it will, as he believed, appear once more in new and more beautiful edition, corrected and amended by its author. Hallelujah! He gave credit to God, his maker. said the same thing really that Job did but just in a different in a, in a different wording hallelujah even though the worms devour this this body in the cold dusty ground one day Job said get in my flesh I'm going to see God glory thank you Jesus I'm, I, I, by God's grace, I'm going to try to complete this today. Live the faithful life with this third message taken from the Apostle Paul's epithet. And the title of the day's message I've entitled, When You Take the Final Bow. When you take the final bow. It was William Shakespeare who penned the monologue, All the World 
is a stage. And all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances. And one man in his time plays many parts. That was the writing of William William Shakespeare. All the world is a stage. And all the men and women are merely players. Mr. Shakespeare had a little spiritual insight. Seems like everything in this series of messages I've been preaching, Brother Bobby has covered something that we've blended together to let us know God. The, the, the train of thought is the same what God's saying. And he's talking about wisdom and insight and, and all those things today. Mr. Shakespeare had a little spiritual insight in his thoughts concerning our lives as but players on the stage of life. We have our entrance and we act out each scene in life. And one day we will all take the final bow. The curtain of our life will fall. On that day, we will not face the Academy Awards, but we will face the judgment seat of Christ. And the main question will be, was we faithful to the script? Now I'm referring to, of course, the script of God's Word. If we are living this thing like players on a stage with our entrance and our exits and all playing our particular parts and when the play is over and when the show is over, unlike the actors in Hollywood go to the Academy Awards. One day the Apostle Paul said, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give accountable to the things these done in the body, whether they be good or whether they be evil. The question will be for me and the question will be for you. Did we follow the script? Or did we do like some people do and like some politicians do once they get to Washington, they tell you one thing when they want to get there, but then when they get there, they flip the script. Hello, somebody. Will the role that you and I have played found to be one of a good and faithful servant? You see, that's what we've been talking about in these past three weeks. Living a faithful life. When, we, when everything is said and done and we take that final bow and the curtain falls on our life, will the role that we played while we was here be found to be one of a good and faithful servant? Now in our text for today, we find what has become known as the famous last words of the Apostle Paul. The closing script of his life as he awaited the executioner's call at his cell door. He had done then before Nero the final time, and the sentence had been passed, and he didn't know what day and what hour 
that that man with that hood over his face was coming and going to rattle the chains on his cell door. So it was those, that time period the Apostle Paul wrote these words. It was his epitaph record for future generations. So we all can know it's possible for a man to live a faithful life in this world before God. Hallelujah. It was written for everybody from future generations to know it is possible. You can't live a faithful life before God. Hallelujah. You can walk pleasing before Him if you want to be. There were three specific areas in the apostle's life which he regarded to be of utmost importance if he was going to hear the words, Well done, thy good and faithful servant, and receive his crown and reward when he took the final bow. And I believe we should evaluate these three areas in our own lives so we too, like Paul, when we take the final bow, when it comes that we can take that bow with expectation and with honor. Paul knew he was going to die. He had exhausted all of his appeals. Because he was a Roman citizen, he did not have to be crucified. So he was able to have his head chopped off. Now, I don't know for sure. There's so much written about history that you have to take it with a grain of salt. So since it ain't in the Word of God, I can't tell you for sure, but history states that when that executioner did come to take the Apostle Paul, he had such expectation. He done made his, took his final bow. And history says that as they had left the cell, headed to the place of execution, with one soldier on each side of him, that mighty warrior and man of God, Brother Kenneth, broke free of the soldiers carrying him to his execution. But he didn't run away. History says he ran to the chop block and laid his head on the block. Oh, hallelujah. May God help me to be like the Apostle Paul to take my final bow and do it with honor. There are three things Paul declared. It was in his life, necessary in his life, to hear those words, thy good and faithful service, servant, and it's the same thing for you and I. And that's what I'm going to talk about, those three things. What, what did Paul say? He said, I have fought the good fight, 
He said, what? He said, I finished the course. And then he says, I've kept the faith. Those three things are required if you're going to be found a faithful servant. If you want to hear him say, everything I preached up to this point is built up to this right now. Hallelujah. Mankind today will accept any old thing. Hallelujah. But God's not that way. Hallelujah. We have got to be found a faithful servant. Remember last message? Jesus said, He says, When you have done all that we are commanded to do, consider yourself just an unprofitable servant. Remember? Hallelujah. Paul said, fight the good fight. He said, I fought the good fight. Paul spoke loudly to, to this world as he was taking his final bow. He said, I have fought the good fight. What does that mean? What does it mean? How can, a, how can any follower of Jesus Christ who was called the Prince of Peace, how can anybody, a follower of the Prince of Peace, take pride in being a fighter? Stop and think about that for a moment. Fought a good fight. Jesus is known as the Prince of Peace. He Bible's full of things about we shouldn't be quarrelsome and some of us missed that, didn't we? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What did it mean? How can anybody who's a follower of Christ take pride as the Apostle Paul seemed to do in being a fighter? Did not Jesus teach, blessed are the peacemakers? How then do we justify this statement and place it in proper perspective in regards to being a faithful servant? How? Do we rightly divide this scripture concerning this? 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 25 through 27. And everyone who competes for the prize is different in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus, I what? Not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it under subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified or cast away. Now, we got to turn the pages back a little bit in Paul's life when he wrote this letter to the Corinthian church. This is why he said later, I have fought a good fight. Because years ago, he told the church in Corinth, he says, I'll run not with uncertainty. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air. Wow. Wow. Think about that. 
Look at this as Paul instructs the Corinthian church. He said we are in a race. He said we're in competition. And he even alludes to the fact that we're in a battle because he said I fight. Not as one who beats the air. Do you know what he meant by that? Paul said, listen, he said, I'm fighting, but I'm not shadow boxing, sweetheart. This is not no shadow boxing contest. Hallelujah. That's what he meant by, matter of fact, you can read some newer translations and that's what it said. Paul said, I'll fight, but I'm not shadow boxing. In other words, huh, my Lord, just, just don't let me get ahead of myself. Let me tell you one other thing. He says, listen, church. He says, I'm in a fight. But I'm not beating the air here. I'm not shadow boxing. He said, this is the real deal. Anytime you're in battle for your soul, you're facing the real deal. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's for real. Hallelujah. He went on further to tell the congregation Corinth as he was rebuking some of their preachers. Yeah, sometimes even preachers need to get rebuked. A little, little bit later on, he, he, he was rebuking some of their preachers who were teaching the people that there wasn't going to be a resurrection. Still in 1 Corinthians, uh, the 15th chapter, a little bit further on in his letter, Listen what he said. He says, if, 1 Corinthians 15, 32, if in the matter of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage is it to me if the dead do not rise? We just wells eat and drink because tomorrow we're going to die. If you go back and you read that 15th chapter, you'll find that's what he was dealing with. He was dealing with this junk that some of them were teaching and preaching that there wasn't going to be a resurrection. Paul says, he says, ain't going to, if it ain't going to be a resurrection, what am I doing here? What am I going through all this junk I'm going through for? Why am I having to put up with all these church people all the time? Glory to God, I'd rather be down there and buddy up with the people at the honky talk sometime. They'll treat you better than church folks. He said, I fought with beasts at Ephesus. Paul did battle with men while in Ephesus who came against him as fierce, wild animals. you got to understand the spiritual application there. I was reading the writing, but one guy once they said, well, he said they must have thrown um, Paul to the lions when he was in Ephesus. Listen, that was not what he was talking about. He's talking that old beastly spirit, that old, ab- old adversary spirit, like the devil's like a roaring lion. Hallelujah. He said, I fought with men, amen, who had a beast-like spirit. Hallelujah. He said they were fierce. They were like wild animals. His whole life and ministry and walk with God was a battle and a fight for his spiritual life. 
And he informed the younger Timothy and the rest of us that we had to fight for this thing if we are to be counted as faithful servants and have eternal life. You think this is going to be easy? Hallelujah. None of us is going to be like Tiny Tim and tiptoe through the tulips into heaven. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You're in a spiritual warfare. You're in a battle. And you ain't, you ain't over some corner shadow boxing with your own shadow. This is for real. Hallelujah. Paul let Timothy know, the younger minister who was following, he was being taught and trained and tutored by, by Paul to carry on. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. Listen to what he told him. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life, which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Everywhere he went, Paul let people know you're going to have to fight for this thing. You want to go to heaven. You want to have a glorified body. You want to walk on streets of gold. Hallelujah. And be in the presence of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. You're going to have to fight for it. Hallelujah. Lay hold of eternal life. Get a hold of that thing. Manhandle that thing, boy. Glory to God. Don't let it get away from you. Do like Jackie Fargo used to do. Put the strut on it if you had to. But get a hold of eternal life and don't let it go. Excuse me, I'm older than what some people are. Everybody don't know who Jackie Fargo was. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was, he was a wrestler. Used to wrestle down at the old fairgrounds, the old building that burnt down. Hallelujah. He had a brother by the name of Roughhouse. And I, I, know, I know that it's all put on in the show. But old Roughhouse was put in jail for one time for manslaughter back in his days. Uh, it's a little bit more choreographer uh, today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But anyway, we got to lay a hold of eternal life. We can't let go. We got to hold on. Hallelujah. Come here, Douglas. Lay your Bible down. Come here. Come here, Paul. Hallelujah. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Let me just.
you and I have been going through too much together. We fought a lot of battles. I'm going to lay hold. I ain't going. If you go, I'm going. I, I'm going to dig in. Hallelujah. And if you don't have that feeling for the brother or sister sitting beside you, get to this altar because you need to get prayed through. I've done I've done trained you the word Timothy. Uh, Titus, I left you in Crete so you could set up the things that are lacking. So here is my epitaph. Hallelujah. I want everybody to know I fought the good fight. Hallelujah. I'm ready to take that final bow on the stage of life. Saints, we must fight a good fight. Then secondly, I hate to be pressed for time, especially when I'm feeling anointed like I am right now. Secondly, the second thing that was important that Paul knew he had to do if he was going to be found a faithful servant, he said, I finished my course. So, church, if you want to be a faithful servant, if you want to hear him say, well done, you got to finish your course. you got to complete. The second specific area in Paul's life in which he succeeded in as he took his final bow was that he was able to say unashamedly he completed the course of the plan which God had laid out for him. He could say that with no guilt, with no shame. He said, I finished my course. Now, the word course right here implies a set path which has been laid out for runners in a marathon. There again, if you, if you look at some other translations, it does not say I finished my course. It says I finished my race. But the word course, when you look it up in the Greek, it implies a set path that's been previously laid out for runners in a marathon. Now listen to me. Listen to Pastor Close right next. This right here could very well mean whether or not you're going to hear him say well done or not. I wish we had more of our folks here today to hear this. A runner does not choose his own course. He runs the path that's laid out for him. Every time there's a marathon race take place here in Nashville, a lot of folks that work around the Nash downtown area always get upset 
because they go through a particular area and there's a set out path that's lined out for the marathoners to run. Streets are closed. Barricades are put up. Listen to me. To be considered a faithful servant and hear him say, well done, you must not just run. Man, there's so much I could add. I could go in here, Lord. You must not just run. Hallelujah. We got too many people just running. They ain't been called. They ain't been sent. They're not under authority of nobody. They're out just running. You must not just run, but you must run the path given you. Come on now. There have been, and sadly there still are today, too many people running their life in their own direction, by their own standards, and according to their own rules. And church houses are full of them. Why we can't have revival? Why we can't see more of this Brother Stanley's talking about? Souls, more and souls born into the kingdom of God? Because our church houses today are filled up with people just running. Any kind of direction. They don't have a set course ordained for them. They got their own set of rules. They got their own standards. It don't matter what the man of God preaches under the anointing no more. Well, bless God, if I don't feel condemned over that, I'm going to do it anyway. If I don't feel condemned of going over here or trying this out, I'm going to do it anyway. Let me tell you something. If God anoints a man of God to stand up under the pulpit, under the door, and tell you you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't dress like that, you shouldn't go over here, you ain't disrespecting me, you're disrespecting God. I'm nothing. I don't mean nothing. I'm not up here shadow boxing today. I don't feel good in my body. I had soon left this place and had somebody drive me back home and be at home in my bed right now. We don't respect God's Word. We don't respect God's people. We don't respect His authority. Hallelujah. We want to run around with our noses stuck up in the air. But I ain't going to follow a man. I'm going to tell you something. 
go back and read the Bible you claim to know so much about. And God, hallelujah, has always chose a man or a woman to fulfill his purpose and to lead his people. Hallelujah. God even said, he said, listen, folks, I won't do nothing. I won't let nothing happen unless I first reveal it to my servant, the prophets. We got people in churches today that are running, but they're not on the set course. They're not on any authority doing their own thing. Hallelujah. I want to see us go beyond the call of duty. I want God to look down from heaven and look at CFC and be one of the churches he's proud of. Not one that he's ashamed of. Did you know the Bible teaches that God is going to have a group of people he said in the last day that I won't be ashamed for people to say I'm their God. Did you know that? Hallelujah. They're not they're not trying to keep up with the religious world. They're not looking for religion. They're looking for a relationship with me. Hallelujah. Still trying to see, hallelujah, still trying to see how far we can keep one foot out here in the world and still touch his hymn, thinking as long as I hold the hymn, I'm going to be all right. Be careful. You love a stretch at him and it might come off. Hallelujah. Paul said, I finished the course. It's not just running, folks. It counts. You've got to run the course that God has ordained for your life. Hallelujah. Paul said he finished his course. In other words, the course laid out for him by God. He followed God's path. He followed God's standards, and he followed God's rules. And we shouldn't expect to be called faithful servants when we take the final bow if we do anything less. Amen. Let me give you briefly three scriptures. Isaiah 65 and 2. Jehovah God said, I have stretched out my hands all day long to rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good according to their own thoughts. Don't think God's going to give you a pat on the back just because you're out here running. Are you running the course He's ordained for you? Are you in the way He set for you? God said, I've stretched out my people all day long to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good according to their own thoughts. Isaiah 55, 7 through 9, 
Listen to this. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are my ways your way. Neither, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. What does that mean, Brother Samuel? What do I need to do? That means that God speaks to you either through the Word or through the man of God He has put in your life, amen, you better start submitting yourself to the way God is trying to get you to get on. Hebrews chapter chapter 12. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. O oh, glory. Hallelujah. Paul said, I have finished my course. Can you honestly say, if the curtain gets dropped on you today and you have to take your final bow, can you honestly say, I've completed the, the course of God's plan for my life? Have I done it His way down the path He chose for me? Have I been on my own path over here? Think about it. I'm not going to be able to finish everything about, but the third one I'm going to say, he says, I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. That's the third important thing that the Apostle Paul spoke of. He said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. So, folks, we got to keep the faith. Will you give me just two or three more minutes? Anybody? <laughs> the third and final area in Paul's life which he felt is utmost importance to hearing the words well done after he takes the final bow was that he kept the faith. Now don't mistake this as some do and think Paul never lost his faith in God because that is not the point the apostle was referring to in this text. When he said, I've kept the faith, that don't mean that he had never lost faith in God. Hallelujah. You see, everybody today wants to hang on this liberal idea that as long as you believe in God, no matter what else you do, you're okay. I gather some other people have heard that beside me. James chapter 2, verses 19 and 20 you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But you do. But do you? Uh, but do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is what? 
Now, I quote that a lot, but I put it in there and put it up because I want some people to know that it is in the book. You see, Paul didn't just believe in God. He kept the faith of God, which goes somewhat further. He stayed true to the teaching and revelation of God and never compromised the Word. That is what he meant when he said, I have kept the faith. And he instructed the ministers he ordained to follow him to do likewise. 2 Timothy chapter 4, and this is known as the charge. When we ordain new ministers to be ordained ministers of the gospel. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach what? Be instant in season, out of season. Hallelujah. See that? You heard that thunder. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You don't ever know when the curtain is going to drop right on top of your head. Be ready. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they shall heap themselves teachers, having each in ears. But I, 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 I want to break the word to you right now. Anybody out there right now, I hate it for you if your ears is itching because God didn't call me to scratch your ears. Glory to God. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Hallelujah. Jude 1 and 3. Beloved, and this will be the last scripture I'm going to read. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend, contend, this goes back to fighting. Hello? For the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Listen, church. Paul stayed true to the truth of God's Word. He said, I have kept the faith. And that's why when he took his final bow and the curtain of his life fell, he stood before, um, uh, he stood before that God he served all those years and he heard Jesus say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Now I close by asking you, what about you today? What's it going to be when you take your final bow and the history of your earthly time span has been recorded? Have you lived a faithful life? I'll rush through this last part. Forgive me, Jesus. It don't matter to me what these other guys are preaching. I know that we don't have preachers today. We got people out here with a feel-good message. That's exactly what we got. We got more churches today pastored by motivational preachers.
and it's good to be motivated. But if you want to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant, you better get motivated in the right direction. Let's stand together. Father God, as I come today, I first of all thank you for strengthening my body to minister this word. I feel confident, Lord, that you have placed this in my spirit to deliver today. And it's my prayer, Lord, that you'll let this word be a seed planted deep in somebody's heart that even though if there is anybody who didn't receive well any part of this message, that it will be planted and it will come up and sprout forth, causing them somewhere, some down the line, to realize, God, what it's going to take for us all to be found good, faithful servants and live a faithful life before you. Thanking you now for the service. Thanking for all those that's here. Take everybody home. Keep us, Lord, until it's time to meet again. In Jesus' name, as the church say, Amen. Amen. Amen.